hello and welcome to another episode of Power, Peace and Love podcast, where real stories of real women are shared. I'm your host, Irma Vera, and get ready to be empowered. Thank you for joining us. This is Power, Peace and Love. Our guest today is Rose Bridging. Rose will be sharing with us a story about resilience, perseverance, and grit. Rose, thank you for being here. Welcome to Power, Peace, and Love. Irma, I'm so happy to be here. Thank you for having me. Yes, thank you very much for taking your time, Rose, and uh, be sharing with us you know, your personal life and everything because we are always have a story. So let's go ahead and see what you're gonna be sharing with us today. Sure, so I am in a really interesting season in my life. Um, as I mentioned to you in our email and just chatting a little bit, um, recently I have gone ahead and filed for divorce. I've ended my marriage um, just out of necessity. It was a very organic and real decision. And with that, I also have two kids, I uh, manage a huge restaurant in Dallas. Um, I have a business, I'm training um, all the time. So I'm really just feeling like a little bit of a circus act these days. And I think it's really important to share stories um, because if you're not getting it off your chest and out into the open and kind of processing, that's when you start to feel kind of like the Tasmanian devil. There's a lot going on. So this has been a season of really just finding myself but going back to the basics, the things that I know and I love, um, just reminding myself of who I am down to the core before my marriage, before I decided I wanted to be a manager, just really digging deep. So that's where I come from, and I'm an open book, so you ask away. <laughs> I know, that's, you know, that's wonderful, because we really do need to hear those powerful stories. Mm -hmm. Sometimes people relate to them. Yeah. And, and you know, we learn. Absolutely, and it's hard. A lot of people don't know what questions to ask when it comes to, I mean, I'll throw myself out there, when it comes to divorce, do you talk about it? Do you keep it close to honor and respect your family members? There's a fine line that I think we're all trying to walk, but when you finally take a step back, take that deep breath, and you can sort through what happened, it becomes easier to share with other people. And um, it's kind of taboo to talk about your divorce. Absolutely. And especially when it comes to your belief system, it can be really frowned upon. And thankfully, I haven't experienced that part of it, but that has certainly been where a little bit of that shame and guilt came from in the beginning. And staying busy has allowed me to kind of just dodge it for a little bit. <laughs> um, that's, that's just a small part of my story, but it's been a huge starting point for me and for my kids. We have to press a huge refresh button right now and while I'm learning and growing and also sharing and putting it out there, um, I, you, can't, you can't stay in the same place for too long. I can't sit with that divorce. That's not who I am anymore. Yes, yes. Thank you, Rose, for doing that. And also, tell us a little bit of uh, you know, your childhood, mm -hmm. your you know, family um, situation, everything. How do you, how do yeah. you, who is Rose? <laughs> So it's funny because my first name's Amanda, but I moved to Dallas five years ago and that's when we kind of did the name change. And it wasn't by my hand. I was working in a restaurant and there were four Amandas working and they said, you need a nickname. So with my big you know, move when I was 22, we also changed my name. So it was this huge fresh start and it's been really fun. 
But Amanda grew up um, with my mom, with my dad. My aunt had a tremendous influence, and it it was it, it was really tough because I felt like I was living my mom's story for a long time. She's been um, married three times, as was my dad, and I kind of feel like a trauma sponge because I witnessed a lot of abuse growing up, and I never um, I was never the one who was at the end of it. It was typically my mother. She's an absolute fortress for what she's gone through. Um, but between that and also my brother kind of took a different path too, there was a lot of pivoting involved. Um, we moved, I think I'm in my 27th home and I'm only 27 years old. I mean, we moved everywhere to accommodate her jobs, her marriages, her relationships. And so for me, it was kind of just being like a, just a little follower of my mother, just seeing where her story led us. So. Um, there was that part, and there was also my father who um, had alcohol, um, he had issues with alcohol and substance abuse, and he used to hurt women. And I hate that, that that's a part of my story, but witnessing things at such a young age has provided me this just, this way to kind of um, grow up quickly and to help raise my brother. And then from there, um, I kind of felt unstoppable. If I could witness that and learn, then really what, what could be harder is where I kind of came from. So um, yeah, we just moved around a whole lot, a lot of different schools, a lot of friends. And then I found my love and my heart and my power in running all throughout high school and then in college. And that was um, a really steady point for me is just being able to run and kind of shut off the rest of the world, be really in tune to my body and my mind. And that was kind of my form of active meditation. And I was a leader, I was a coach, I, I did some, um, I was the captain of a few different seasons and whatnot. So it was a way for me to take ownership over my life in a different way. And that um, has, I mean, I've been running now for, sheesh, I mean like 17 years and I just won't stop. It's really special. <laughs> wow, well I have to say that you look gorgeous. I, mean, I guess the running part, you know, it keeps everybody, I mean yeah. everybody who is doing it healthy yeah I mean that's one of the therapy you know that oh yeah uh, it's such a beautiful thing to be out there and run and just you know just take it as a right you know and uh, I'm glad to hear that you know <laughs> that's one of the things that they get you through you know so yeah. many things so we're our own type of crazy Absolutely. us runners <laughs> <laughs> so uh, so uh, tell us about you know this uh, the resilience, mm -hmm. you know, the, the resilience, the perseverance, the grit. Mm -hmm. I mean, what did you do? What was was the steps to achieve and going through all of this? Mm -hmm. uh, you know, how did you? Right, and that's a really great. That's a wonderful question because I'm still processing it even now. Um, you know, being 27 years old, there are certain days where I feel like I'm putting out 20-year-old fires. I, you know, a little flashback, a memory of sorts. And there's a part where you just can't believe what you've come through. And it's a little bit of pity. It's a little bit of self-love. It's a very complex just um, feeling of like, wow, that really hurt, but here I am. And I think that that's really all that's been driving me forward is knowing that there has to be something better. And I, I wish I could articulate it in such a different way for you, but I just always knew that this couldn't be the end of it. 
and I've dealt with depression. I myself have a little anxiety. I'd love to be an optimist, but I'm peppered with anxiety and trying to be like the devil's advocate sometimes. But I think what's been really special for me is also just latching on to the goodness around you. Mm. My home life was crap, for lack of a better word. So I found track. And then when I felt like I couldn't handle things at home anymore, I found really great friends. And I think it's just a redirection. Um, really being in a pit in your darkest, deepest moments. And somehow, some way, you can sense a tiny bit of goodness and you just keep reaching and keep clawing. I mean, even at 14, I was doing that. At eight years old, I was doing it. So. I don't think that's anything unique to me. I just wonder if maybe my mother being able to take herself out of really terrible situations kind of um, set a model for me. But at the end of the day, it was just a hope. And um, I mean, now it's just, I, I can't stop moving. I have to just keep moving forward. There's always something more that can be done. And that's where that grit comes from. Just little tiny movements in a right direction, which is the hope that you're on to a, just an, a better ending, you know, write your own story. So that's where I, I try to direct myself, my daughter, my son, when he, you know, can walk and do whatever he's doing. It's just constantly um, just reaching for something else. And I don't know the end goal either. Right, right. Um, can you tell us a little bit of, uh, you know, how did you get involved uh, with your, your husband? Mm -hmm. How the how he progresses, mm -hmm. you know, the, uh, because when we get married, we love each other. Right? Oh, yeah. It's, it's, <laughs> it's like, I mean, we're so in love that yeah. we, sometimes we don't know that person. Right. You know, mm -hmm. and, and we get blind by it. Yes. So, uh, can you tell us a little bit of that part? Oh, sure. You know, how, how did you meet him? How did you, you know? I'll give you all the goods. All right. So, um, in, so my, my husband, because we're going through our divorce proceedings, so we're still married at this point, um, Brandon, he is a firecracker of a man. He's handsome. He's well-dressed. It's everything that from the outside was really, really intoxicating in its own way. He was kind to me. Um, he would take me out on dates and it was very, very cordial and he was, you know, very well-mannered. So he checked all the boxes off. You know, he had a great job. He liked running like I did. Um, he loved children. So there were a lot of really great things from the outside. Um, that seemed like he would serve my needs well and we would mesh well. So I met him at my my job now. I've been there for a couple of years. So I met him and shortly after, we just couldn't stay away from one another. So things happened very quickly for us. We started dating. He um, moved in with me when my roommate had moved out and then within months we were married. And it sounds really great when you look at it like that and certainly these days we're all about the quickness. We, we want things now. <laughs> And I mean, that's a whole different type of conversation, but that's also what I witnessed with my mother too. Um, again, I, I hate that I live some of her stories sometimes because I thought I was running the complete opposite way from it, but things happen quickly for us. And he also has two sons and I had a daughter. So you take two really high energy people who love each other, that's special. Then you add in one kid, it's a little harder, then you add in two kids and you have no idea what you got yourself into. So for us, we were actually prioritizing blending the family more than dating and loving each other. But in that, um, there were a lot of red flags that I overlooked. And seeing abuse growing up um, when I was younger, 
you can certainly imagine that I'm, I'm a handful all on its own. I've got my own issues and I have my own trigger points. But um, he had left me a few times even before we were engaged and he was dealing with some personal issues too and being a loyal woman, I wanted to stick around. That's what marriage is. You stick around and you support that man. And even after um, we were engaged, there was another time that he had left and then we were married and then there was another time. And I'd like to think that I'm, I'm a pretty cool girl, you know, <laughs> like I'm worth sticking around for. And eventually you just have to follow what the signs are. I mean, one of my favorite things is Oprah said it. She goes, when someone shows you who you are, they are, believe them the first time. And I wish I would have done that. I would have had two and a half years of my life back. And there's a lot of good that came from it, but in the middle of it, I really felt small. I felt, um, un I didn't feel worthy of his love because he could leave at any moment, really. And there was abuse as well. Um, there was pushing, shoving, things of that nature between the two of us. Um, I'm not perfect at all, but sometimes you have to defend yourself and that's, that's where that part was. But also um, the emo uh, emotional side of things where um, he would threaten this, uh, taking my children away or my, my job, I'm gonna call your boss. And those are the things where you have to draw really bright lines even before you get married. And that's the greatest takeaway I have from my marriage is even though he was great and I still have love for him, although I'm not in love with him, is in my head marriage isn't unconditional anymore. You have to have conditions in place because if you don't, that man will get carried away and he will abuse you and your finances and put you in a really terrible situation. So when it's time to leave, like I made that decision, I mean, I have an apartment and a car. <laughs> that's what I've got. And that's, I mean, I feel so rich, more wealthy than I've ever felt in my life, but the actual setup of it and whatnot, <laughs> He made away like a bandit and here I am trying to pick up the pieces. So um, again, I, I really want to be the bigger person and say I still have love for him. But just for the women out there, you have to trust your gut. And a lot of people will also share with you when enough has been enough and you need to trust them too. You need to trust the outsiders and their opinions. So um, I actually filed for divorce on my daughter's fourth birthday this year because in my head, when I became afraid of going home, I decided that, hey, I wouldn't want this marriage for my daughter, so why the hell am I staying around? And it was a really, really easy decision. I wish it was harder than it was. We see sometimes, you know, like like you said, those little red flags. Mm -hmm. um, I heard someone saying that sometimes there are situations that we make it normal. Right. Right? Mm -hmm. And. Uh, it's, it's so hard to, you know, identify, yeah. which, you know, which is uh, correct mm -hmm. and, because there is no correct or incorrect. Right. We just, you know, let them be. Mm -hmm. And, you know, f coming from the person we love, I think it's, 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 it's hard, a hard situation, right? right? But we're here to empower Yeah. <laughs> and when we're here to, you know, let them know that mm -hmm. we... You know, when we go through this, there is always a, you know, mm -hmm. a way out. Absolutely. So, um, um, tell us also, you know, uh, what is the situation with the kids? Yeah. With the family? Mm -hmm. How is life now that they, they, you know, that you guys are 
mm-hmm. in the process of divorcing. Right. How is that uh, is working by now? It, it's quite interesting because, as I mentioned, in my marriage I felt very small and I felt very controlled. So now that I can be as free as a bird, I have friends again. And I have a community and I have a support system. So when they say it takes a village to raise kids, they're 100% right. Because I don't have any family here. Oh. I, I only have my friends in my work family and my, my daughter's grandparents who are the best people around. So there's only a few of us who I've learned to rely on. So now I have to stay vulnerable and ask for help. I mean, that's, that's been the big thing. I'm not meant to do it all on my own especially with two kids, it's really difficult. Um, And it's not to say that it's not magical. I love being a mother, but I'm in a position where now I've had to change my schedule. Our weeks look different. So I work my 40 to 45 hours, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and the kids get to go with dad. And then I get to put on my mommy pants for the rest of the week and we get to do the fun stuff. We go swim, we play with the dog, we go you know, visit friends. And I try to stay outside a lot too. So we're at, um, we're at the pool and we're just trying, I, I can't stay at home for too long. That's just who I am. I have to be doing something. So um, it's really the mindset shift of, okay, it's time to work hard, put my best foot forward, go earn my money and I love my job. And then come Monday morning, it's like, okay, mom mode. Now you have to be light and fun and fuzzy and cuddly. And it's it's a learning process. And I, I don't have the extra hands to help even tidy up the house because I certainly love to be a perfectionist and keep a clean house. So it's little it's the little details that make it difficult. You know, the help when it comes to changing a diaper, if I'm making dinner, or I live on the third floor, who can take the dog out? So. It's very sloppy in a way, but I think that's where I'm finding the personality. Um, You know, I find a lot of humor in my days now (laughs) because I don't have it all figured out and that's very unlike me. So I I actually leave, I end my day with more questions than I started, but we're just kind of trucking along and doing it. And I've been very honest with my daughter too, Evelyn, who's four. I've been honest with her as to why Brandon's not around, my husband. And I just said, you know, we weren't very nice to each other and sometimes we just have to call it quits. And I do tell her that I love him and I, when the day comes for them to have that positive relationship, I would never turn away from that. The more cheerleaders for your kids, the better. But I just know that I've been trying to protect my kids for a while and I kind of want to keep that close to me too. Just to roll with the punches Monday through Thursday and just live our life the way that we can without dad around the way he used to be right we also are in a time that is you know is the pandemic mm-hmm. is being you know quite of uh, we, we have all those things that we suddenly stop doing right. and it makes it even more isolated yeah uh, harder for mm-hmm. the kids you know they they with 24 hours now you know right. trying to stay away from you know from people taking the distance and and doing what we have to do and i think going through this Mm -hmm. situation is i guess even harder right i picked a really good time (laughs) well i think i mean we're all kind of stressed out about it even the ones who don't believe in it or whatever that looks like somehow some way i think it affects us all where we're kind of mourning the loss of something and it hurts in some form or fashion i mean i just i just want to see people smile 
And you know what? I want to put on red lipstick too. I'd love to wear lipstick again. Right? Just silly little things like that. Um, but my daughter, we're playing around with what school looks like now, and there's certain circumstances where we're having to get really creative. So you kind of always have to stay on your toes just to pivot and kind of think about um, each day looks a little different anyways, from running a business to, I mean, for me, being a manager in a restaurant um, to sending your kids off to school, it's all very, very different and it's new to everybody. So the expectations are a little blurred right now. We don't quite know what to expect. So I think it's interesting as I'm trying to take ownership and be as big and beautiful and vibrant as I've ever been during a pandemic because I feel great. There's just, you know, a different type of dance that I'm doing right now. Um, but I, I mean, Everyone talks about going back to normal. It's every day I feel like we're reaching for a new normal anyway. So we just have to keep on trucking along. Definitely. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. And yeah, we want, you know, this to be over, mm -hmm. but we really don't know what's gonna yeah. happen, right? So we have to just go with the flow and right. do what we, you know, what we have to do. It, it, it's just amazing how we learn, mm -hmm. how we manage every right. day. And our kids, you mm -hmm. know, our kids, they have to be, uh, you know, sheer for mm -hmm. all of this. We do our best, right, Rose? Yeah, we don't give ourselves <laughs> enough credit. The women of the world, we, we wear capes, every single one of us. Uh, no, absolutely. When was, uh, like, when was, the the point where you uh, took that decision, that decision of say, okay, enough mm -hmm. is enough. Yeah. So this is a crazy story. <laughs> it was back in December. I, I know the day, I remember what I was wearing. Um, so I had an argument with my husband in Truthfully, I have no idea what started this. I was on my way to work. All of a sudden we went zero to 500 very quickly and we both started arguing and it, he threatened to divorce me. And the catch is I was nine months pregnant, eight months pregnant rather. I was eight months pregnant in December. And so here I am trying to pick up the pieces again, just figure out what it looks like. I mean, I am about to have a baby. I don't know when this baby's going to pop out. I also work full time. Um, I have to apparently find a new home. There's, I had so many questions and I was just so sick and tired of what it looked like to walk on eggshells. Because again, I witnessed this with my mother. I mean, that woman as strong and bold as she is now, she wasn't always like that. I watched her be fearful. And those are really vivid memories that I have. And I never wanted to be that woman. And here I was being that woman. Um, I felt like I idolized my husband and anything he said went, it was the law. And now I was going to be divorced. So I decided I was gonna pack up my things. I stayed with some family friends for about a week or so. And in that time, he decided that he, he's very vocal on social media and he made a post that was inappropriate and I'll just leave it at that. And um, he filed a missing persons report on me and then came and stole my car from work. So it's, it's like I was living a lifetime movie. It was very strange and nothing added up. Like no matter how bad or great you are at simple math, it wasn't adding up. Nothing made sense to me. 
And that was when I was like, this is abuse. He doesn't have to put his hands on me to feel as though I'm being abused or this is bad. I, I felt it in my bones that this is not the marriage I was called to have. So I actually, um, we made up, believe it or not, you know, I stuck around for a little longer and my son came out a month early. I delivered him early and we had a beautiful birthing experience. Um, but I just left not really knowing who my husband was anymore. The fact that he could defame my name so quickly, um, that he would go to such lengths to control me and my whereabouts. It was very easy to determine that, hey, enough is enough. Let's ride this out for the kid's sake, but there needs to be a decision made. And it's always touchy sharing this because I don't wanna seem like a victim because I certainly got out of that situation, but um, it's different for everybody. Trauma all feels the same in a sense. It just looks different from woman to woman. So for women out there who do have that physical abuse, that's terrifying. I mean, you get home and there's a big bad bear around all the time. For women who have men that constantly look through their phone and they're not allowed to speak to men, that's also really scary. You don't feel the freedom to communicate and use your words and even empower people or even to share. That's extremely overwhelming. For me, I also experienced what it was like to have my financial freedom taken away. I, I didn't know what was really going on with our money. I was constantly receiving these huge, beautiful gifts, which sounds like such a weird thing to complain about, but that was a way that I was manipulated and controlled. I mean, it's it all looks so different, but it still feels the same. It makes you feel small. It puts you in a box. It um, tells you that you're wrong, that your feelings are untrue. And that's not where you need to stay or even be. I mean, that's that's not your being inside. I mean, we just, I feel like we've put out so many fiery women because of men who are really insecure. Or, I mean, maybe there's relationships that women have with women and there's abuse there too. I mean, you, you name it, it happens. But there's just so much abuse that is outside of pushing and shoving. And I think that that's the awareness that we need to keep talking about and spreading, although it's very uncomfortable. I have a cold sweat now even talking about it. <laughs> Well, but now with the social media yeah. and uh, all these groups of women empowerment yeah. and all these, uh, you know, communication, the way that we communicate now is, it's just wonderful. It's, it's a, mm -hmm. uh, you know, it's, it's, people can use it for good right. or for bad. Absolutely. But it has bring people together mm -hmm. in some issues that you know there are groups that i know that um they're out there to help mm -hmm. and they you know they support each other i mean you learn things that you not even know that you could do right and, and this is definitely something that we have to take you know mm -hmm. uh, that for granted so yeah. now we're we're more aware we're more uh, free mm -hmm. to speak up right and definitely we don't have to go through this because mm -hmm. first of all I guess we have to learn which are the ways to be you know um, what abuse is mm -hmm. right and we have to know the difference and sometimes we don't know right <laughs> So, yeah, it's very interesting what you're saying, and 
what is now what is your you know what you're working on what is yeah. your do you have a project what is uh, your new life yeah. you know how, how it looks like it's a lot of fun right now because I can experiment a lot um, I have a small business uh, I make handmade jewelry and I adore it. We use I use authentic gemstones, beautiful chain, and I support a local business um, down by White Rock. That's where I purchase all of my goods from. And facilitating those relationships has just made this passion project, this business, just so wonderful. It really, I just get butterflies when I walk into that space and I can actually take something and make it into something even bigger and shinier and more beautiful. So. I've never considered myself a creative being and two, three years ago I just bought some jewelry making materials just to say I could do it and now I have this little business that you know I can connect with other women and they help me kind of design too. So it's a very inclusive um, process and it's RP Jewelry Design. Um, I don't have a website because I love the actual interaction and the connecting with women so they can message me, we can text, all of that. So that's where I am, but I also really wanted to find something new to be obsessed about. I think that that's just natural. When you go through a big life change, you're like, okay, now what? So I will be starting my triathlon training. I felt like running was really special to me. I will never ever run a marathon, no matter how many millions I'm offered. <laughs> It'll never happen. So a triathlon seems like the next best fit. And I have um, a great friend who runs with me and he's a biker. And it's just a really positive relationship to have when you have someone who's just as hungry as you are to be better, faster, stronger, and to coach you along there. So that's what I'm trying to stay on top of. Otherwise, um, I just have a lot of questions. It's it's that creating part. Now I have to create a life within my budget because I'm not a dual income household anymore. I have to make financial decisions and that's one of my mantras right now. I make good financial decisions so I don't allow that stress to tear me down because money is very real. I love talking about it. I also wish I had more of it. So there's that part and um, just knowing what it looks like in the next couple of years too. I'm. I know I want to own a home. I know I want to keep running and keep training and I want to be a mom, but like, what else does that mean five years from now? So it's, it's a little bit of that soul searching, but it's very active. I'm not just sitting around with a notebook. There's nothing wrong with that, but really I'm just trying things, putting my hands to work, having different conversations than I did when I was even married, you know, a couple months ago. I'm just, I'm so much more hungry now to like figure this out. And then I'll probably get to a point that I'll want to figure something else out. That's just, I think, what we do as women. We're just always hungry and ready and moving on. And that's, I wish I had a better answer, but it's just kind of chasing after um, whatever keeps my fire just aglow. Absolutely. And, and that's a beautiful, actually, a beautiful message. Mm -hmm. And um, uh, I think for now, you know, we, we have to be proactive mm -hmm. that's one of the things that yeah. it has to keep us active and doing whatever we have to do yeah right, Rose? Mm -hmm. <laughs> and um uh, that is a powerful message mm -hmm. and uh what can we take away from this i mean sure. what's uh, what's your message to our mm -hmm. audience uh what did you say to women out right. there that are going through this same situation and don't know how to mm -hmm. get out of it 
I know for me is I just kept telling myself I've been through worse. And that's absolutely what you were connecting with me about even before with your mother. I mean, women tell themselves that all the time because we really have crazy stories, crazy beautiful stories. So that was just how I talked myself into making a decision to leave my marriage. And now what I'm telling myself is I'm kind of on the outskirts of leaving my marriage is I can do this. I've been through harder. I can do this. I, like I have it within me and I always have. Um, but one of my favorite sayings is there's victory in the comeback. So every single step you take is a win. Every single step. Um, it's like that 10% better club. You may not know what that finish line is, but just kind of mosey along, keep on trucking and every small move will just increase your faith in yourself. You will also find really beautiful people along the way who will be cheering you on and encouraging you. And it's, I keep talking about dancing somehow, some way I've mentioned a tango and a dance and all that. And that's all it is, is you're kind of just dancing along, you're having fun with it, you're moving your body, and you're just consistently kind of absorbing and putting out. It's just like a, a feedback system. And it's just all about growth. It's just moving in some direction so you can experiment and play and feel sexy and feel sassy and just really open yourself wide as you're just making these small wins throughout the day. And I, I wish I could complicate it more than that. I just, I really think it's all about just setting yourself up for a good win. That's wonderful. That is powerful. Mm. Yes, we thank you very much, Rose, for sharing with us your story. Mm. And uh, we really, you know, uh, we do this podcast because, like I said before, it's a women empowerment. Mm -hmm. We have to help each other. We have to support each other. Oh, yeah. And we don't have to go through all these situations alone. No way. And we really appreciate you sharing mm -hmm. with us today and advocate yeah. for women out there. And um, we want people to share their stories, submit their stories mm -hmm. at helloempowerpeaceandlove.com and follow us in our social media and we appreciate Rose Christian. Mm -hmm. Thank you very much for being here and for sharing with us, for taking the time. And please follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and subscribe to our new uh, YouTube channel. And thank you very much for being here. You are so lovely, it was my pleasure. Thank this is you. great, thank you. Thank you very much, bye.